What's up, everybody? My name is Jalen Suits. I'm the host of Sit Down with Swaggy Suits. And today we have Associate Director of Athletics for Media Relations and play-by-play broadcaster Reagan Radcliffe. How are you feeling today after that game with Oklahoma State last night and everything? Man, that's a, that was an awesome ball game. An incredible win over uh, 13th-ranked Oklahoma State team. Jalen, if you had told me two weeks ago we we're going to beat the Cowboys yeah. after we lost twenty to four in Stillwater, I would have said there's there's no, no way, way. <laughs> but just a just a great game, probably one of the best games I've seen. You know, we've been doing broadcast now for our twelfth season, but in terms of just all around great game, pitching, defense, offense, I mean it was just about a perfectly executed game for for those guys, and uh, great to see them win. I should have came because I live right <laughs> in these apartments right over here. So all I hear is boom, boom, all the right? cannons. And I'm like, I might as well just Come on. Go. We need all the help we <laughs> can get, there, man. I'm going to be there next game. I'm going to be there next game. They won 8-0, to zero, right? 8 nothing. Eight shut nothing. them out. Shut it, them out. Oklahoma State had not been shut out since the Big 12 tournament last year against really? Texas. They've got one of the – I think they're like top 25 in the country in 10 offensive categories. Mm-hmm. Completely shut them down last night. So it was – uh, an A-plus performance from the pitching staff. Yes, sir. Set out DBU baseball, the pitchers, everybody. Everybody <laughs> did their thing. So we're going to jump straight into it. You went to the University of Baylor. Mm-hmm. At, what, at what point at Baylor did you tell yourself, I'm good at what I can do and I can take it to the next level? That's a great question. And I, I think I've, had the, I've always had the confidence and, and I felt like this is what I was called to do. Mm. Really from a young age, from the time I was little, this is what I always felt like. I was called to do. And so uh, I was fortunate when I was at Baylor, we had a campus radio station. Uh, guy by the name of Frank Fallon was that oversaw that. And he's a legend in broadcasting circles. Now he's probably a name that you may never heard of, but he was the yeah. voice of Baylor sports for 40 <laughs> years. Uh, and he was back, you know, in the infancy of, of radio when it was just games on the radio, he didn't have everybody have television sets and he was calling Baylor Sports for 40 years. Anyway, he oversaw the radio station. He had re- recently retired. And so everything he did was devoted to students that wanted to get into this industry. And so I had the privilege to work under him. And so I just learned a ton and absolutely loved those opportunities. And in fact, I did. I wanted to get into sports. That's what I felt like my, my talents were. But I actually had to start on the like the news staff. So uh-huh. I was doing news reports. I don't think anybody was listening. It was like a campus radio That's station with like a, like a like a. I did the same thing in high school. <laughs> my teacher, I was in journalism, and she just put me. She was like, "You're doing the uh, school announcements." I was like, "No, I'm not." Yeah, and she was like, "Yeah, you are." And I did it. I was like, "I'm good at right this. anything to do anything you can do to get on air, get practice." I, I didn't necessarily enjoy the news. There was probably nobody listening. There was you know the campus radio station had like a five mile radius, yeah. but. I started to enjoy it and doing the preparation for it. And then I did that for a semester. And then when I came back the following year, then I was on the sports staff. And, um, and I got the chance to do that for a couple of years and, and just absolutely loved it. Learned a ton. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, a lot of people probably don't know this about you because I didn't either before I did my little research. But before you came into the broadcasting life, you were a teacher and a coach mm-hmm. at Duncanville High School in 2005. So what are ways you use your faith to teach your students and athletes? And that to me, that's... That's the number one thing. And I'll be honest with you, I went into coaching uh, not necessarily with that goal in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can just speak honestly, I mean, I always felt like I was called to do one of two things, either broadcasting or coaching, and, I, and I've been blessed to be able to do both of those. Uh, but really, when I started to coach, um, I got focused on my own goals and desires. And um, 
And so really the first few years, it was, I hate to say it was more about my ambitions as a coach, but God really started to work on my heart and lay on, on my heart that, Hey, this is not, I haven't called you to coach just to, for X's and O's, you know, it is about investing in lives. And that's when I think back to, to my playing days in high school, the coaches that I had that had such an impact on me were, you know, a lot of them were men of faith and just guys that, uh, you know, I, I forget all the X's and O's they taught me. I remember the life lessons that they gave me. And so, uh, man, that is what it's about. And so for, you know, as I got into coaching, um, it was about investing in players and, and, and really trying to pour into them. And we had, you know, when I was in, when I was at, um, at Joshua, I had the opportunity to start, you know, help start our FCA program there and just a, a tremendous opportunity. And, uh, we didn't win a lot of ball games at Joshua. So <laughs> we, we needed all the, uh, the prayers that we could get mm-hmm. over there, but that was just a, a great chance to, to really do it, to invest in kids and show them, you know, what's most important. We're going to forget about wins and losses. Uh, you know, those things come and go in championships, things like that. You're going to have the memories, but really, are you making an eternal impact for the kingdom? And that's at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Yes, sir. Speaking of Joshua, in 2011, you received the Jim Wacker Award as the Greater Fort Worth FCA Coach of the Year. How does that award make you feel like? You're not even coaching right now, but you still have a Coach of the Year award. Right. <laughs> I think it was the only Coach of the Year. Uh, probably, I'd love to know historically, but we didn't want a game that year. Really? Jaylen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let so, me, I might as well go ahead. Uh, I want an award. <laughs> so it was, uh, it, was, it, was an, it was an FCA award, so they weren't, again, looking at championships or titles or anything like that, but they were looking more at, you know, the impact that we're making mm-hmm. on the lives of kids in the FCA program, and uh, that was that was incredibly special to me because it just uh, it signified where my you know to me it was the realization of I'm doing what God's called me to do and I'm, I'm here. God's blessed me with talents and abilities and gifts, just as He's blessed you as well uh, with with the ability to to broadcast and I mean it's a lot of fun. It's it we is. we get to serve an awesome God who gives us these abilities and these talents and gifts, and we get to do things that we love that we enjoy. But I think we have to always remind ourselves and ask ourselves, what am I doing it for? Exactly. And I'm not, I love it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And I, I, I truly get a, a, an enjoyment in, in, from, from doing what I get a chance to do. But what's most important is, again, it comes back to the impact that you're having mm-hmm. for the kingdom and, yes, and for the opportunity to pour into the lives of young people and the people around you. And I, I need that constant reminder, mm-hmm. you know, each day because it's easy for us to get wrapped up in ourselves and man, I'm doing this well, and hey, I want to achieve this goal, and those are fine and all, but really, we want to do everything we do for the glory of God, yes. and that was just, uh, yeah, it was a tremendous award. It, it meant the world, but it, 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 to me, it just signified that, man, I'm doing what God's called me to do, yes. and that was it, was, it was special. Yes, sir. Now, we know how dominant Duncanville football team is right now, and going back to how you coached at Duncanville, do you ever think about Man, what if I was still at Duncanville coaching? <laughs> yeah, I, what's funny is now I get a chance. It's kind of come full circle because now I'm doing broadcast for Duncanville. I'm doing their high school football games. And uh, the the job that the coaching staff does there, the talent that they have. Uh, we had some talented players. And we had a guy yeah. named Josh Harris who went and played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's the fastest kid I've ever seen. Josh Harris, that name uh, sounds familiar. He had a short, he, had, he was at Virginia Tech. No, I'm mean, sorry, not Virginia Tech, Wake Forest. Uh, and then went to the Steelers. Didn't really have a long career, but I mean, just supremely talented kid. And we had a number of guys that were just phenomenal uh, mm-hmm. athletes. But 
when I look at them now, I mean, just across the board, it's like watching a college football it team out is. there. And so uh, there's times where I, I think, well, I'd love to be down there on a Friday night <laughs> coaching and being right in the middle of it. Yes, uh, there are definitely times where I, where I miss that, but I, now getting to do what I get to do, uh, I just, I, it's a different, it's obviously a different opportunity. Uh, you have a different vantage point and, and just how you see the game differently. But I, I love getting, getting to do what I get to do now. Uh, and especially getting to work for a school in Duncanville that I have a lot of great memories from. You went to Duncanville, right? No, I actually, you're talking about high school. Uh-huh. No, I'm actually from so far uh-huh. West Texas, uh-huh, okay. small town. Uh, if you know where Odessa is, so Friday Night Lights, okay. the movie mm-hmm. here in the book, yeah. Odessa Permian, 30 miles west of there, if you can imagine, a small town out in, out in the desert, out in West Texas, mm-hmm. uh, called Monahan's, a town about 8,000. I grew up there for 18 years, and then... Uh, and then to get up out I, I had to, man. <laughs> I went to Baylor and never turned. Yeah. It was a great place. It was a wonderful place to grow up. I wouldn't have traded it for, for anything. And uh, West Texas has you know special people. And, uh, but yeah, I haven't, hadn't really been back other than some class reunions. I was thinking about Duncanville. It's like, I watched them on YouTube and stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm like, these kids are humongous. Oh yeah. I can't play football no more. Like my, if I was in high school right now versus, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. They're, they're grown men. Yeah. And, and like two years ago, their defensive line, I've never seen anything like it. Their defensive line this past year was was probably the best in the state of Texas, but two years ago they would roll seven, eight players really? at a time. They would just roll them in, and they were just a ton of depth. And they were all about six four, six five, mm-hmm. two sixty, two seventy. And they look like I'm telling you, look like a college <laughs> defensive front line. Yeah, I would have had to make a personal decision just not play. <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth it. Now we're gonna go into broadcasting. You actually started broadcasting at Baylor first for mm-hmm. baseball before coming to DBU. What made you come to DBU instead of staying at Baylor? Man, I, I, God is uh, God is amazing, and the way He works sometimes is is just mind blowing. When I look at at how I was led to DBU, because there's a lot of dots to connect here. It goes back to really my job at Baylor. Uh, it was after I graduated from Baylor, I worked in minor league baseball. When I came back, I had the opportunity to work for a couple of years doing Baylor radio, and. One of the guys that was the, a grad assistant at Baylor was Nate Freeling. Nate is now uh, an assistant athletic director, associate athletic director here at DBU. He was the third base coach for DBU baseball for a number of years uh, after he uh, left Baylor. So while I was coaching at Duncanville, he was over here at DBU coaching baseball. Mm-hmm. I started to get the desire. I could, I don't know why, I guess God just laid on my heart mm-hmm. to get back into broadcasting. And... At that time, my son was, I don't know, seven years old or so. He was playing basketball in a YMCA league. It was a co-ed league at that age. Oh, Boys and girls all playing together. All playing together. <laughs> One of the, uh, the girls on that team, her dad uh, was a diehard DBU baseball fan. Mm-hmm. And we just got to talking because mm-hmm. I love college baseball. We got to talking. And he's like, hey, you know, DBU's playing in the regional over here in Fort Worth. This was 2011. He said, hey, you ought to come over and, and watch him. I'll get you tickets. We'll go and bring your son. And so we went to the game and I'm watching the game. I'm like, man, that's Nate Freeling down there coaching third. I hadn't talked to Nate in years. And they won the Fort Worth Regional. And I went down there after the game. And, you know, they're all, you know, teams down there, players, uh, fans, parents, everybody, you know, 
all the you know congratulatory hugs and everything that are going on, <laughs> celebrating the moment. And I saw Nate, and and I just you know I said, hey, asked him, is anybody doing your games on radio? I, I'm kind of getting the desire to get back into this, and this looks like just the kind of program I would love to work for. Just knowing you know what you know, obviously the the faith aspect here at DBU, and they've got obviously a great brand of baseball. And he said, let's, he said, nobody's doing our games. He said, let's talk, you know, after the season's done. And that summer, I'm still, co- you know, I'm coaching, and I put together a kind of a proposal or a plan for next year to to be on the radio, or on uh, not radio, but on internet. Mm-hmm. I'm an audio-only broadcast, and we were able to mar- make it work out. And so I actually continued to coach for the next two years, full-time and I would drive over to DBU after practice in the spring after spring football I'd get in the car drive over here uh, call games Uh, myself and Brendan Smith have been doing it since day one Mm -hmm. and that's how it all came to be and then you know after two years it ended up turning into a full-time deal I actually had to I really I prayed a lot about it you know because it was I was torn whether to continue coaching or move into broadcasting full-time and it's been the best, one of the best decisions I've ever made uh, to be here at DBU where Christ is the foundation um, of really everything that we do. And so, again, when I just look, when I'm able to step back and look at how all the dots were connected, the people that we know, that we come in contact with, you never know how God's at work and how he's at play and when people may come back into your lives. And just, it's amazing. And so when I'm, when I'm, as I'm here and I look and see how God brought me here, I'm just sometimes I'm, I'm in awe. Yes, of sir. what he's done. Yes, sir. I feel that. You was grinding your whole life. <laughs> Coaching. Yeah. Get done. Driving. <laughs> go back home. Family. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> not only are you doing baseball right now, but you're doing basketball. You do everything. Yeah. And this is your second year broadcasting soccer. What was the adjustment process like having to learn how to broadcast soccer? Great question. I mean, I knew nothing about soccer other than there was two goals. And it seemed goal. like the game was really <laughs> slow to me. There was never any scoring. Uh-huh. Um, I've come to love soccer, Jalen. I really do, man. I mean, this is, uh, and this is the beauty of broadcasting and, you know, is you, you have the opportunities that come about to work in a sport, call, you know, call a certain sport. And if you know nothing about it, which I didn't. And so that summer I just started to watch soccer. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to watch the English premier league, which is, you know, it's like the NFL, you know, here or, or major league baseball. I mean, it's the premier league. And so I just started to watch the game and trying to understand it. And as I watched, then I started to started to figure some things out. But then I would have a hard time really understanding the announcers. Yeah. Uh, they're great at what they do, but it's just a different dialect. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the English announcers. Mostly a different and, language, yeah. too. And so, I'm, so there were some things I could pick up. It's like, you know what, I really need to listen to probably somebody here in the States mm-hmm. call a game that would might be something more similar to how I would sound. Right. Uh, so I started to listen. I love Mark Followell, the work that he does with the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, and that guy is multi-talented. Yeah. One of the best in the business, whether it's NBA basketball, soccer, he's done football. And I love to listen to him doing uh, FC Dallas. Okay. And so I just started watching games, listening to him, listening to his cadence, his vocabulary. How would he describe certain things? And before I know it, my daughter and I, she, she you know, she's 10. She, she's now, she loves soccer. Mm-hmm. We just started, we wake up in the mornings, watch games. And, um, and so that's been a lot of fun to be able to do that. But I just, it just started to learn the game. And then as I got into calling games my first year, I really, I mean, I'm trying to take down as many notes as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm, I try to pride myself on organization. So I've got, you know, my charts put together with players in numerical order, notes on each player. But man, those first few games were rough, yeah. you know, because I'm trying to, the speed of the game's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm flying solo. I didn't have anybody I was working with. So, oh, you was doing the solo. Yeah. So you got to talk all the time. <laughs> the you whole time. take a break. Somebody bounce it up. Yeah. That's right. Nice. So I, I've got, I'm, I'm my own analyst, which I don't know anything about soccer to begin yeah. with. So, it, you know, so that was, that was tough. <laughs> Um, but the good thing about, you know, the television style broadcast is you don't have to constantly be talking. It's an, there's an art to it and I'm still, I'm learning it. I'm, I'm very new to this. So you're, you're trying to, there's times where you just don't have to say a whole lot, but, but I'm also, it's tough because you have to be comfortable in silence and I'm not always comfortable with that yeah. <laughs> because I feel like I need to be saying Say something, something. Yeah. but, uh, it, it was, it's been a great experience and I, I love, I really, I'm starting to re- I say I'm starting to figure the game out. I, I'm still a novice, but I just, I really love the, the strategy in the game, uh, how it plays. You know, people would say it's, it's, it's kind of like when I think about baseball, people, you know, the, rap, the bad rap that baseball gets is it's slow. Mm-hmm. The, the, there's not a whole lot of scoring, but there's so much strategy to it. And you yeah. can start to see how the game is developing and you start to see how a team is their strategy and how they're trying to orchestrate their offense and score a goal. And so when those things start to come together and you can start to see the game, it becomes a lot of fun. And I, I absolutely love our two head coaches, Marcus Wood with the women's soccer team, Jess Joe with the men's. They've both helped me understand the game better. They're tremendous to work with. I mean, they give you all sorts of the, all the information that you need, and um, they're just they're a pleasure to work with. So when you've got that, it just makes it it makes it so much uh, you know so much more enjoyable to do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now I know baseball is the most time consuming for preparation. Hmm. How much time do you say per week that you spend <laughs> prepping for a baseball game? Yeah, uh, this is something Brendan Smith and I talk a lot about. You know, we've been doing this, this is 12 years. And I think for both of us, when we first started, we would kill ourselves on research. One, we, we, we do love that aspect of it. And we want, we want to be prepared. I never want to show up to a game. It's like taking a test. Right. You study and you just try to get as much information that, that, that you know, it's at your fingertips and you're ready for the test. Um, so we both pride ourselves on preparation, but I started to learn that and I was just, I was killing myself. You know, I was I was drained by the time I got to a broadcast. So uh, I would be willing to bet going into so we play Louisiana Tech on Friday. Mm-hmm. Between now and Friday, probably gonna going to spend about eight hours okay. just researching. And that is updating, you know, all of our player information. I want to look at, you know, current trends. Is this player on a on a high or a low, you know, a hit streak or whatever it may be, is he in a slump or what what certain trends are happening? Um, and then with the opponents, there's where you're going to spend a lot of time researching because, and here's what I used to do. I would take a 35 man roster Mm -hmm. and I would just get as much information on every player as possible. Mm -hmm. That was draining. Mm -hmm. What I've learned now is, is just to work smarter. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to take, okay, who are the regulars in their lineup who on a given weekend in a three game series, more than likely, who are the guys, am I going to see as starters? And who are the guys I'm going to have a chance to probably see off the bench? Okay. Because I want to be prepared for them. And if i got a guy down here that has five at-bats, I'm not going to spend 30, 45 minutes right. putting together information on him. I used to do that. You know, and, that was, and then you do that for you know, 10, 15 guys that are similar to that, then that's a lot of time wasted on somebody you may not even see. 
Um, but you want to be prepared for any moment because what if one of those guys comes up in a key spot? So I just I want to pre- be prepared for the guy that comes off the bench in a big moment to be able to give you some relevant information about that player. Um, but I, lo- I enjoy the research part of it. I've just I've learned that I've got to I've got to scale it back a little bit. Um, be prepared. Have as much information. I want to find out. You know, for opponents, I want to know. Obviously, you know, if there's any awards that they've won, if this guy was an All-American, an All-Conference player, I want to see what his track record is. You know, what's his, what's been his history? We see so many players now in the state of college athletics where this may be their third or fourth stop. You know, hey, I started at a JUCO, then he was at this Division One program, then he was at this Power Five program, now he's here. What's been their path? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I love to find just the personal interest stories. You know, is is a guy, you know, was he, is he related to somebody that played – in the major leagues or, or whatever, you know, you'd be surprised. Websites are your best friend. You, know, you go to the, the team's website and some schools are going to do better than others. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of information. Some, you're, some you're not going to have anything and you've just got to dig and you've got to be persistent. And so finding information, researching, it may be somebody, you know, Hey, this, this guy's dad was a pitcher at, you know, South Carolina, you know, for three seasons, he was a third round draft pick of the Pittsburgh pirates or whatever it may be. I love those kind of notes. And then I'll just do a Google search on the player too. And you'll be amazed, you know, what just personal interest stories pop up. Um, you know, the, we had a, you know, last night against Oklahoma State, one of their top players was a guy that just had, uh, I mean, he was, he was recruited and signed by UCLA as an eighth grader. Really? <laughs> you know, and That's crazy. Uh, so you get stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, that, you've got those kind of stories that you can build around just storylines. And if you can make the game, I think it, as a broadcast, you got to do two things. You've got to make the game informative. Mm-hmm. So I want to give you factual information that builds a storyline, a picture of a player, and then you've got to make it entertaining. Yep. And so if you do those two things and you're doing your job, but again, it all comes back to your preparation, but you've got to do it in a way too, that you're not killing yourself. Uh, you get the rest that you need so that when it's game time, when it's time to take the test, then you're, then you're ready. Yes, sir. Now, we're talking about all the preparation. Not only are you a broadcaster, but you're a father. Mm. So how did that affect your time spending with your family mm. with all this preparation? Yeah. Oh, that another really good question, too, because that's that it always, it always comes down to priorities. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, faith's number one, you know, family and then your career, then your job. Um, and so you you've got to each day try to structure your day in a way that that, that that's what the priorities are. At least, I mean, for me, you know, that's, um, I'm not perfect at that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not, but I, what I've found is if, if my faith is, if, if each day, if each day, if I'm that day, I'm on my knees and I'm seeking God's will and his word, I'm always amazed. The day's not going to go perfect, but I just, I know I'm in his presence and that's, what's most important. Um, Family and, and you know my son is a is a freshman here now. Uh, our daughter's ten, and so um, getting to to be at home with my wife and my daughter and spending time with them. I don't ever want to go home after a day's work and just say, "Okay, it's time." I, I've got to start prepping for this game. Game tomorrow. Uh, I'll catch up with you. No, it's it's family time. You know, and whatever that looks like. You know, whatever that may be. If I'm going to my daughter's volleyball practice. Um, just dinner with the family, whatever it may be, watching a movie, that that's important. Yes, hey, we're not going to get these times back. 
and there's always going to be games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, th- there will Anytime. be. It, there's Anytime. always a season. There's always going to be games. Uh, what I have noticed is, as I get older, I, I used to get stay up till two, three o'clock in the morning prepping, and, really? and now I, I'm drained. But if it's like, yeah. I'm pushing it if it's midnight. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, if get get our daughter to bed. I'm going to spend some time after that. If I if I've got enough energy to say, okay, I'm going to sit down, start putting my research together, and then it's just you know managing my time wisely in the office, working, putting notes together. But that's most important uh, is is just valuing your time with your family. I see too many people that whatever career it may be, but I think about guys that I really looked up who in broadcast and I've heard stories about that this, they've put their career first mm. and the, the family suffer. And yeah. I, I never, I, I never want to, I never want to be that guy. And I'm not, you know, I'll be honest. I mean, there was times early in my career in doing this where, because I was so driven that I, I think early on, I, I probably did sacrifice some of that time because mm. I, I wanted to, I wanted to be great at this. And so I would, you know, at times my priorities were mixed up and something I never want to, never want to go back to. And, you know, it's been, that's, that, that was a long time ago, but, but even still I can think back to those days because you just, you don't, you don't ever get that back. Right. Yes, sir. I, one thing I learned from my brother before he passed, he said, you can always get your money back, but you can't get time. That's right. Back. Time yep. is something that you yep. can't get back. So however you spend it, that's how you spend it. Great advice. It. Wise advice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, let's talk about me because I love talking yeah, about Yeah, let's you. go. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite moment with me from this basketball Oh, man. I, I think just your sheer enthusiasm for wanting to do this. I remember the first time we met, you know, in terms of just sitting down here in the office and getting the chance to hear your goals and what you want to do. And it just, it reminded me a lot of, of myself in terms of wanting to get into this industry. And so when we come across people that have that kind of energy and desire and passion, it's exciting, and I want to work with with people like that. You've been one of the, uh, the the funnest people I can you know in our time in twelve years here that I've had the opportunity to work with. Uh, it's been a good. it's been a true pleasure and honor. And so, and then it's getting to see you in that arena. You know, having those opportunities to see you grow in those areas. You show up once I talk. I kind of give the comparison, the analogy of getting ready to take the test. When you're when you show up at the Berg for a basketball game. I know Jalen's done his homework. Like he's ready. He's not just shown up and okay, what are we doing now? Or I'm going to put this report together. No, the, 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 you took the time to research, you've got a game plan and now it's time to execute it. And I think the other thing too, is just seeing the smile that you have on your face when you're doing it and, and you, you do it with great joy and uh, you, you love what you do. And that, that excites me. I love it. Yes, sir. I love it. Yes, sir. Now, you've been doing this for a while, over 20 years. Mm-hmm. How much gas do you have left in the tank? <laughs> <laughs> I have to, because if I, I was you, my gas tank would be on E. Yeah. I'm out of there. Man. So how much gas do you think you got left in the tank? You know, I don't know if I'll ever retire, Jalen. Really? You know, I, I have no idea. I mean, I. who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love what I get to do. And I think one thing that keeps several things um, I, one, I feel like this is where God's called me. Yes, sir. And I love what I get to do because the, the opportunity really to invest in students. Besides the broadcasting, I get a chance to teach class here. I get to work with students. Um, and then, you know, just the, the different seasons that I get to have. You know, in the fall, it's soccer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then it's 
the winter starts to get here and it's basketball. Then it's, and I get football in the fall too, which I love it, man. (laughs) So I, I get my, I get my football fix on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. I get soccer on a midweek and then on a Saturday. And then, then before you know it, it's basketball. And then before you know it's opening day for baseball. And then it's summertime and you get to breathe, you know, you get to take, you get to step back, you know, just enjoy that time off with your family and, and recharge. And then you're ready to go. I think if it was just one sport year round, like, a, you know, if it was Major League Baseball or something, that, that I think I'd love that. But I think also in a 162-game season and that's all you're tedious. doing, you know. Uh, so this, it's just there's something always new right around the corner. And I love what I get to do. Just being here at DBU, there's really not – there's not a day that I dread coming in. I mean, I absolutely love being here in the office. It's always something new. It's not just the broadcasting. It's working on the website. Um, and, and getting a have to hand a hand in that working with our grad assistants, so I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll be done when the Lord tell you know when it when if, if he if I feel the calling one day to say hey it's it's time to retire and that's it. But I don't know. I, I feel like my gas tank's on full right now. I re, I really do. Um, I, I've never felt like man. I'm just I'm drained. I I, I love it. I, I absolutely every every game is. You just never know what to expect. And we lost two weeks ago to Oklahoma State, twenty to four. Yes, yeah, we win last night, eight nothing. You, you know, so <laughs> every every game uh, is a different story. Every season is a different saga, and the the fun thing is you get to be a part of the ride and you yes, get sir. to tell the story. And I love that. Yes, sir. That's amazing. Piggyback off of basketball season, one of my favorite moments was just working with you and just. You planting that seed mm. of all this information and to grow with, and I'm like, all right, now I know what I gotta do. Now yeah. I can do it. And then you know, NBA night we had Remy Ja and Jimmy Butler come. I'm like, oh yeah, we plan on me interviewing <laughs> Jimmy Butler. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I, I definitely didn't expect this. But yeah. you know, when it didn't happen, it wasn't like I was butthurt about it. I was yeah, like, yeah. Okay, cool. Like it would have been a good opportunity, but it didn't happen. But I still got to interview Remy. Right. So that was cool. But the Miami Heat, you know, the photog- photography team was there and everything. And I kid you not, I told him, tell Jimmy I'll see him in a few years. <laughs> That's right. I told him word for word, tell him I'll see him in a few years. And he looked at me like, Really? And yeah. I'm like, yeah. So like, That's right. I'm I'm for real about this. Yeah. I'm dedicated about it. Like, I'm I'm not tripping about doing it in a college game. I'm a, I'm gonna mm-hmm. do it on the big stage where he in the game and I'm getting paid. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. You you believe it, and, and I believe it too. And um, you you were you're ready for the. You just never know when those moments are gonna pop up. Mm-hmm. You know, you were you were planning and you're preparing. All of a sudden, hey, Jimmy Butler's gonna be at the Berg Center and. You're ready. I mean, you're starting to put notes together. Sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we have letdowns in this in this industry. We're like, I was so ready. I had everything put together and then it fell through. But you just keep preparing. You keep showing up because at some point that moment's going to come. Uh, and you keep putting in the hard work. You're going to, you know, there's no guarantees in this business. But I would love to see, and I think you've got the talent, the ability, the work ethic, the desire. All You check all those boxes to one day be that guy that's on the sidelines in an NBA game, you know, whether that's uh, as the sideline reporter for the, you name them, Dallas Mavericks, LA Lakers, whoever, you know, whatever it may be. Or if you're the Mavericks right now, right. They'll they'll hear it from me (laughs) because they not playing good. They'll hear from me. I want coach kid right here. Yeah. Asking why he not putting JaVale McGee in the game. Asking why you're not calling timeouts 
what are we doing? <laughs> so I had to do another yeah. team that I ain't really like. I'm not a fan of, but yeah. I can, I can. or you may be the guy you know on a, on a TNT or ESPN, you know, more of a national national guy. And so who who knows yes, what the, what the future holds? Yes, I know it's bright for you. Yeah, thank you so much. Last question: What is your favorite memory from broadcasting at DBU? And it could be from any sport. What is your favorite call? My favorite call is actually a call that I was not on. I mean, it's it's really? Brendan Smith's. I mean, it's it is the biggest moment in DBU baseball history. It's uh-huh. the Andrew Benefield Grand Slam against Oregon State. Brendan nailed it. I mean, just because you know here at at DBU we we Horner Ballpark we call it Horner Heroics. Dan Heifer says calls it you know we're going to DBU them, which means like <laughs> that we're never out of the game. We're going to come back. We're going to find a way to come back and win and. Against Oregon State, we're, we're playing in the regional final at Fort Worth, 2021, mm-hmm. and it's winner take all. It's winner moves on to the Super Regional, and we are just getting pummeled. I mean, it's I think it was five nothing going to the sixth inning, and, and Brendan and I are almost resigned at that point to just kind of write the season off. I can remember going back and listening to the game. I'm like, man, I feel like I'm. A, I sound like I'm at a funeral, right? And I mean, we were both <laughs> just down, and yeah. we're just getting drummed. I mean, manhandled, honestly. Uh-huh. And they've got some big guns coming out of the bullpen. Uh, Ryan Robleski hits a home run in the sixth. I got a chance. I got the opportunity to call that, and I remember just being starting to sense mm-hmm. we're not out yet. Yeah. And this, so there was some excitement there. The seventh inning. Andrew Benefield comes up against a guy uh, from Oregon State who just had our number, named Joey Munt, big right-handed pitcher. And I was like, oh, man, this is – this. I don't know how this sets up. They, they've got one of their, their big studs here on the mound. Um, but Benny hits a grand slam. I mean, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, the play – it was – Horner Ballpark West, basically, I mean, with all the Patriot fans there. It was hysteria in the stands. And awesome. Brendan's call of Benny's Grand Slam and it Horner, it's Horner, Horner Heroics have come to Lupton Stadium. And that just, that he nailed it. It was, and it just, <laughs> and that was the moment you knew, like, we're doing this. Like, we are, win- we're going to win this game. We, we took the lead. Uh, Rivertown hit a home run in the eighth. And uh, for me, I guess, I mean, my second favorite call would be, the, would be the call that I got a chance to have, would be the the final out of that regional and getting the opportunity to, to say that DBU is champions of the Fort Worth regional was pretty special. Um, you know, we'd, we'd been to, we had been to a regional in 2011, but we weren't on the call. That was the year before we started. So this was the first for us as well. And you're not, you don't play for the team, but you feel a part of the team because you're, I mean, you're, exactly. you're right there with them. You're from, from day one, you're, you bleed red and blue. You're, you're all in and you experience the highs and the lows. And so while you're not an actual player, you're as close you as it, it gets and, you it. It. and you're you the voice it. of the fans. You know, you, when things are bad, you're right there with the fans. You feel bad with them too. But when things are great and you have that moment and you get to, to share that with your fan base, it, it was special. And so that was my favorite game, favorite moments, favorite calls. I could probably tell you other, you know, other sports as well, just just great moments. But if I had to pick one, that's it. Yes, sir. Quick, who do you think is going to take it all for March Madness? Oh, man. Uh, I, I'll be honest, and I don't follow college basketball a ton. I used to. And as a kid, I could tell you every, you know, all the big teams, the, the players, mm-hmm. everything. Um, 
if I had to pick, you know, maybe to say who I'm, who I'm rooting for, uh, probably like a Florida Atlantic, maybe just cause they're from conference USA and yeah, that's who we are. But that, and nice. I love the Cinderella story. I think yeah. I love the Cinderella story now even more, probably because the way college sports is structured. And I think that with the power fives and the NIL money, the rich are just going to get richer and it's going to be more difficult to have the Cinderella stories. I think it's almost turning into another professional level of sports. And so when we have the opportunity, that's what makes March, Mad- March Madness so great. And UConn's been there and done it. Yeah. Uh, now Miami power five, but mm-hmm. they've not, haven't been there. Haven't been there. So I w- I'd love to see you in Miami. I would, I'd be fine with, but Give me Florida Atlantic or San Diego State. I just I think yeah. the mid major, the Cinderella team, uh, to defeat you know whoever it is from the from the Power Five programs, that's who I'm rooting for. So I don't know any of the players. I couldn't really tell you, but I can tell you who I'm rooting for. <laughs> yes, sir. Alrighty. Well, that was Reagan Radcliffe, everybody. Thank you for coming on the show today. You can catch him live in the action March 31st at 6 p.m. on the Patriot Broadcasting Network. At Dallas Baptist Baseball, will travel to Ruston, Louisiana to face the 13 and 12 Louisiana Tech team. This has been another episode of Sit Down with Swaggy Suits. If you haven't already, please follow the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And remember, if God is for you, then who can be against you? Peace. <laughs>